Thank you everyone for joining me today. I'm Danny Walsh, Bloomfield Township Supervisor, and this is another edition of In Focus. Today I have Trevor Lauer with me. He is the Vice Chairman and President of DTE, and that is even broader than just what we think of DT Electrical, so we can get to know Trevor and see kind of what he oversees. You might recognize his face. He has been um, doing a lot of the, the talking for everything that's been going on with the new future of electric and electricity in Michigan. Uh, so we have a lot of questions today, and hopefully we'll get some great information to share to our neighborhoods. So thank you, Trevor. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, Danny. Happy to be here. Well, how long have you been with DTE? And, and you've kind of worked up. You are the head honcho right now. And uh, well, tell us all about your experience. Yeah, thanks. Well, my wife and I relocated to Michigan 18 years ago. and We live in Bloomfield Hills. So, you know, we're neighbors. We're, right. we're in the area all the time. And I know a lot of people in the township also. So been at DTE for 18 years. And I actually work for our chairman and CEO. So it's been a great opportunity to come and and work in the utility industry and hopefully have an impact on how we not only produce clean energy in Michigan, but also the reliability and the resiliency of our electric grid, which is something we've been working a lot on. Right. And I didn't mean to shy on Jerry. He is wonderful as yes. well as the, as the CEO. Um, so let's start with, we got lots of questions um, because our daily life revolves around our grid, whether you're working from home or you have an EV or you just want to watch TV. There, right. Electricity is in our lives at all times, especially you really notice it when there's no charge coming. So power outages are always a hot spot. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about um, the obvious storms. Everybody always is. We wish Mother Nature would stop, but we do have them. You can't plan for them, unfortunately. Right. Um, then we'll talk about you've been doing a lot in the township. So we'll talk about the regular programs you do, as well as some of the um, improvements that you're doing along the way. And then as a whole, we'll talk about the region because you are reaching out on the future of DTE and the resiliency and your clean energy, and you have a lot of changes. So we got a lot to talk about. Yes. Um, we'll dive in first to storms because this is summer. Um, June and July here have become pretty overwhelming the last few years. Uh, I personally, the storms of 21 uh, hit me personally. That was flooding and, and uh, trees and houses. So 21 is when I really got interested in how can we do more than, than the tree trimming that you do automatically and all of that. And you were already, DT was already working on a strategic plan for the future. Um, and they were kind enough to, to focus on our area. So when it comes to storms, let's start with the storms. How do you mobilize? How do you pick, you know, trees are going down everywhere right. because we all have this gorgeous tree canopy that we certainly never want to give up, but that means wires might come down. So how do you target what areas? Do, is it by danger? Is it by how many you can hit first? Give us a little plan. Now. Yeah. So after as well, a lot of lot of questions. In okay, there, so so yeah. let's unpack it. I can throw we've, 20 at a time. Yeah, we've got, we've got a little <laughs> bit of time. But June, July, and August tend to be the, the times when we have power outages here in Michigan. Um, unfortunately, this year we had an ice storm, which is highly right. unlikely in February and March that affected our system. But typically when customers lose power, it's in the June, July, and August timeframe. And it's because we get these straight line winds that come through Michigan. And while it may only last for five to 10 minutes, when you get 65 to 70 miles, hour winds like we had last week, it'll do a lot of damage in the heavily treed areas. So when you have a storm like that that comes through, 
The number one thing that we focus on at DTE is public safety. Um, when trees bring down wires, um, there's a thing called fault current. And when the wire comes down, normally the fault current will trip the wire and make it dead, meaning there's no electricity running okay. through that wire. But that does not always happen. A lot of different reasons why it doesn't happen. So the number one thing we do first is we look for where there are calls for wires that are down. About half of the wires that people call into DTE are DTE wires. The others are usually cable or phones. And if you look at one of our utility poles, DTE's wires are at the top of the utility pole. Cables and phone wires run through the middle of the utility poles. So a lot of the times people will call us and say there's wires down. So we deploy crews and it'll be anywhere up to 500 to 600 people to go out and tape and make the system safe to make sure that nobody can get injured with a down wire. Okay. So that's the number one restoration issue we do. Secondly, then we look at, I'll call them life critical facilities or major infrastructure facilities. So if you think about a hospital, a nursing home, uh, a wastewater pumping station where, where where you have big pumps, things like that where there's major infrastructure or critical critical care facilities, then we'll deploy crews to those next to make sure that 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 basic infrastructure that has to serve the community also comes back up as quickly as it can. Then we look at outages from largest to smallest. Um, we have 3,000 circuits on DTE system. And some of those circuits serve as few as 20 customers. Other ones serve as many as 15,000 customers. So depending on how many customers are out on a circuit, I have to send a repair crew to each of those outage events on a circuit. So an outage event could have 10,000 people affected or it could have 20. Well, in order to get everybody back as quickly as you can, you send your crews to the largest numbers out first. So if there's a circuit in Bloomfield Hills or Bloomfield Township that has 500 people out, I'll send a crew there before I send one to where there's only three people out, uh, where you may have more of a localized outage. That's how you work your way through restoration priority. And it's funny you mentioned that because before last year, I didn't realize how broad our circuits reach. Um, you know, you think, okay, well, it's probably just my 400 people around me. And although we didn't get hit as hard with one of the storms, Farmington Hills did. Yes. And there was a limb that took out a lot of different wires and different areas. And it was hard to explain because people such as myself and others didn't realize the far reach. So how many miles do you go on any of these where even if we don't see it in our backyard, it might be somewhere yeah, down it, the line? It's a great question. And I get it from so many friends and neighbors. Um, our grid does not match township boundaries and it doesn't match block boundaries for the way people would think about it. So one of the things I often hear is I'm out of power, but the people across the street from me are not out of power. Well, they could be served by an entirely different circuit. Our system was built mostly before homes were built around our system. So the way neighborhoods are designed don't necessarily match the way our system is designed. And you can have something happen in Farmington Hills. It could be a 15 mile circuit and it takes out a a portion of that circuit that also will backfeed back into Bloomfield Township and take out a piece. So a lot of times when customers may be out of power, they'll say, I don't understand why I'm out of power. It's a beautiful day. I see nothing. Well, it could be that a car hit a pole 
10 miles away from where they are. And because that pole came down, we're doing the restoration activity. Right. And to keep everybody safe, we shut down pieces of the system while we restore that piece, and then we bring everybody's power back up. But it's a pretty intricate way of, of operating the electrical system. It's the it's helpful. The more we know that, the more we can understand because it is frustrating. And and I know you're probably frustrated as well. Yes. I, I know everybody I've worked with at DT, they don't want storms either. No, no. They 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 get a, a little tense when they see bad bad weather's on the way. We so. spend a lot of time looking at weather, and you know our employees live in the same communities uh, that that all of our customers live in, and they want to provide great service. You know, we just have a great group of employees at DTE. I'm I'm so proud of our our company and what they do. Um, and anytime you're out of power, it's one too many times. Our system right. operates 99.92 percent in 2022. Our system operated with perfection. If you think oh. about that, there's companies that advertise, well, we're 90 percent on time, right. or 95 percent of the time. Well, we're 99.92 percent of the time. Our system operates with perfection. But if you're one of those customers that has an outage, well, you're not very happy. You started the interview, Danny, talking about how essential electricity is. And if you think about what happened with COVID, a lot of our customers went from going into office buildings and working and now working from home. Right. So if you have our average outage lasts 109 minutes. So that's a, a, a good reference point. Right. So when a customer loses power, on average, they're back in 109 minutes. So a little over an hour and a half. But if you're at home and working, that 109 minutes is not acceptable. Right. So at DTE, we need to continue to invest in the system. We need to continue to what I call harden and rebuild the system so that we can remove these outages uh, from our customers. Okay. And although storms aren't out, are out of your control in some ways, there's some things that you're doing in our area to help on the regular day of just the capacity of the system, especially you know, in certain areas, especially in Bloomfield Township and Bloomfield Hills, you know, we're more likely to have the pulls on the system. You know, you will have more computers, more iPads, more more um, EV chargers. Like you have more pulling electricity. Yes. So in areas like that, you have some targeted programs. I know in 21, especially with all of the damage we did have, there were a lot of things that need to be fixed as well. So let's start with what your normal process is in our area, what things that you do, you've mentioned like every three to five years, we come back and do this. What kind of programs are those? Yeah, so high level, I'll describe it this way. In Bloomfield Township, we have nine substations okay. and 40 circuits that serve the customers in Bloomfield Township. Okay. Um, we have 700 substations and 3,300 circuits across our entire system. So we do a series of, of activities that really center on four things. Tree trimming, 70% of our customers' outages and outage minutes come from trees that have fallen on our system. We can only trim inside of the utility right-of-ways. So we trim inside of the utility right-of-ways to the extent that customers allow us to trim inside okay. the utility right-of-ways. We can't go into private people's yards and take down trees. Second thing we do is what I call great maintenance. So we have to do a, a series of maintenance activities and it's we call it pull top maintenance. It's maintenance inside of our substations on transformers, but it's a lot of the same maintenance you do on your house, on the electrical equipment on your house, right. that we rebuild pieces of our system. So we're in a constant stage of rebuilding pieces. We have a massive electrical system and we're constantly doing rebuilding. And then the fourth is automation. Now, with regards to Bloomfield Township, there's a handful of programs we have been doing and we're going to continue to do. So tree trimming, every five years, 
Our goal is to trim every circuit inside on across our entire system. That's great. It's a great thing to do. And we know it's the number one thing to do to stop outages. The second thing we do is maintenance on all of our equipment. So I talked about uh, nine substations. Inside of those substations, there's transformers, uh, switches, relays, a whole series of, of equipment that if properly maintained, provides backup uh, opportunities. So if there's an outage, power can automatically be rerouted on the system so that customers won't experience an outage. Okay. So all this ongoing maintenance is really important. Inside of Bloomfield Hills also, we were adding capacity. So at the Bloomfield substation, at the Alpine substation, we were adding existing capacity where we were adding additional new transformers. Right. Because if you're in this community, you see the number of electric vehicles driving around right. right now. And with people working from home, there's more demand on our system or more draw on the electricity. Right. So we have to keep adding new capacity so that the system operates well. And then lastly, what we're doing right now, and not a lot of it has happened in Bloomfield Township is we're adding a lot of automated devices to our system. What's automation look like? I use a, a pretty simple analogy, but if you remember when we were kids, well, I'm a lot older than you. So when I was a kid, if there was a Christmas tree light that went out, the whole string of lights went out. Right. Well, today on our system it, or in our old electrical system, it used to used to work the same way. We can add automated devices that if there's a tree branch that comes down and takes out a section of the system, you can do what we call sectionalize the system. So you break these circuits up into sections and the power can automatically be rerouted in different directions so that very few customers actually lose power. Well, we're adding about 10,000 of these sectionalizing automated devices right now to our system to really help with the overall power um, resiliency and reliability for our customers. So that was a lot I went through, will and I'll let you be follow. In the township? Up. Oh yeah, we're going to put okay. them everywhere. Every circuit will have those. Uh, our goal is to continue to make our system more reliable. When you think about reliability, Danny, there's really two metrics we look at at DTE. The first is the number of outages, and then the second is the duration of the outage. DTE, in terms of all the utilities in the country. We do pretty well with a number of outages. We're in second quartile or above the median in the U.S. with a number of outages. So we're doing okay. Any outages, one too many. So we need to we need to eliminate those. But where we're struggling at DTE is the length of the outage. If you have a power outage, we need to be able to get your power back faster. That's what these automated devices are designed to do, to allow us to restore a lot of customers without sending crews into the field. We'll still have to send crews to fix the isolated area where the damage was, but the more I can contain that damage from spreading across the wires, the less customers are impacted by it. And the duration, I think, is where the frustration has been coming a lot lately is, um, again, whether it's a capacity issue or a storm issue, when a power happens, you expect maybe by the next day. And we have had in the last couple of years some extended durations. Um, so there's been talks about how do we make up for this or even more so that doesn't get you see people asking, what about the food that I've lost? What about this? But then there's a danger issue for an area like ours, which is more than half of our homes are senior citizens. Um, and I believe 40 percent are 65 or higher. Okay. at least one so with that whether if they're on oxygen obviously that would be a, a main capacity but even somebody with lower vision who's a senior being in a dark home 
no matter how well you know that home, it can be a scary situation. So we get a lot of calls of it just takes too long. Right. So you're mentioning that with these automations, it it'll with the automatic devices, it'll it'll speed it up. In our area, about when could we expect those so that it would shorten durations and and improve it in this area? Yeah. Well, we fundamentally believe that automating the electrical system will be done in the next five to six years. So our okay. goal is to do all 3,300 circuits in the next five to six years. Okay. So we've got the team actively working away on this. We've got a massive ramp ramping up of doing right. these automated devices. But I wanna go back to what you said, especially with the seniors. You know, I would encourage anybody, if they're having an outage, um, to make sure that they're contacting a loved one, contact a community like they're contacting you guys, because we have to be good neighbors and make sure that we're trying to take care of each other. It's pretty rare that you have a really long outage. Um, but here. since 2021 yeah. and 2023, we've had a couple very unique circumstances. Right. The weather has fundamentally changed. Right. And it's not just at DTE that we're struggling with. It's utilities across the country right now. Last year in Ohio, there were customers that were out for 18 days. In Florida, there were customers that were out for over 60 days. Right. Um, this climate change these wicked weather and the storm are the weather is fundamentally changed. It's right. it's just getting more dramatic and more drastic. And what we need to do is rebuild the electrical infrastructure in a way that it can withstand the weather and the in the storms that we're seeing. And we know this can be done because utilities in the south have been dealing with this weather. Right. The same weather the utilities in the south have been seeing for years is now migrating up northern right. into the northern areas. And I think what our customers should expect is that DTE is going to rebuild the system in a way that it can withstand these, these uh, wild weather patterns that we're seeing. And you are correct, they are increasing and their intensity is increasing. Um, in 21, for example, in an area where we normally get three inches in a season, we got 16 inches of, of rainfall. Yeah. We got four inches in one hour and that was an over 500 year storm. Yes. So we are getting highly intensive areas. So knowing that's coming often and it's not gonna stop. Right. Unfortunately, likely the change continues to get worse. It's good to see that there are automations coming and that hopefully within the next year here. I know you said five to six elsewhere, but the reason I'm asking is when you're targeting, you have all these new systems that you can add or these devices. Do you target it based on looking at a community of how much electricity they pull? So you mentioned if we could fix 10,000 people versus three, we're going to hit the 10,000 first. Right. Do you look at a community like Bloomfield Township and see, well, look at the amount of energy they're pulling versus you know, an area that's either more rural or just not as highly populated? Um, is that how you're picking right. or how are you picking where the devices are going? Yeah. When you do um, rebuilding activities or automation activities on the electrical system, we use what we call a global prioritization model. Okay. And it takes in 12 different factors on how you prioritize where you're going to do the work. But there's a handful of the factors. So one is if you look at the outage activity, or the, or the number of outages and the duration of active or outages that the customers have had. We also look at the age of the system. So you look at the age and know, okay, when do you have to start to replace that system? Um, you look at things like environmental justice, uh, the low income population of customers. You look at the elderly number of customers that are in a community and you're trying to impact all of the communities because Bloomfield Township has every right to deserve 
great electrical service, and we have to deliver that great electrical well, everyone service. Everyone deserves good electrical. But every, that's but. what I was going to say. <laughs> but everybody that we serve right. across our 8,000 square miles deserves right. that same level of great electrical service. So we do a lot of work across the entire service territory, but it is a very large service territory. We go from right. the tip of the thumb down to Ohio and out through Livingston County. We serve 60% of the population of the state of Michigan. So we, we're doing the work everywhere. We have 3,000 people every single day that work just for DTE, plus about 2,000 additional contractors that work for DTE every single day working on the electrical distribution system. We are investing records amount of money right now into the electrical distribution system. We're gonna continue because we have to make it more resilient and we have to be prepared for electrification of transportation because that's also coming pretty quickly. Right, it is. And you mentioned something earlier that I want to touch on. If you're fixing all of this for us with the making a better grid, a more reliable grid, but we still have, we love our tree canopy here. Right. Um, I'll often hear, why don't you bury the lines? Why, I, I don't want them trimming my trees. And I often say, well, you can't have it both ways. You you have to trim the tree to not take out a wire. When when I ever get, whenever I get that question of why don't we bury lines in the older areas, like um, not the newer areas where they automatically bury, but where we have these thick tree canopies, a lot of people don't realize that would mean taking out most of those trees completely because a lot are in the right of way. Right. Um, so then I try and explain to them you need to allow them to to trim the trees. Many years ago, there was uh, an issue where there were some clear cutting. So some people are still a little nervous. I've pointed out and sent pictures of my own. They handled it very well in, in mine. Um, you had an arborist. They let you know when they're going to be on scene. You can right. talk to them. It was handled very well. I think it was about 2019 when they came to our area. But there are people that still will not let you trim that tree. The problem is that does affect our whole area. Yes. How can we help you so that you can get your messaging? It's not clear cutting. It's just trimming. They'll work with you. Um, and if they still won't work with you, is there a way, a way that you could give us some names so that we can try right. and work with them? Because it is frustrating when it's the same tree area taking down the same wires. Right. Um, we have a yeah. couple target areas where these people will not let them go on their property. And those areas are constantly the only ones out lately. So yeah. how do we help encourage the tree trimming? Well, it's a it's a great question. Um, and again, I'll unpack a couple things in your question that were there. So one of the things I'd like everybody to know is since the 1970s, all new infrastructure goes underground. Right. We have not been putting wires overhead unless there's some really exceptional reason why you have to. Everything goes underground right. since the 70s. So when people ask me, why don't you bury all the wires that are overhead? We'll take this one first. I say to them, well, you're talking about the infrastructure that's overhead today. And there's really a couple reasons why we're, we're working on it because we are burying some of the infrastructure that's overhead today. First is, it's very damaging to the communities where you do it. So look at all of the trees that are around, all the trees need to be removed. As you go across roads, you're tearing up roads, sidewalks and other infrastructure. Um, people will jump to the expense. It's not so much the expense for me, but the damage that it does to people's um, beautiful yards, the trees that we see along the beautiful streets here in Bloomfield Township. 
Um, but we do need to do it. And as we take the opportunity to rebuild our electrical system, one of the things that we're emphasizing at DTE is every wire that's above ground that can go below ground, we should try to put it below ground. If you can do it in a way that the community can accept it, you can get permits and the people are okay with you removing a series of the trees and other things that need to happen in order to, in order to put it underground. Now let's go to tree trimming because you ask a, a really important question. When we trim trees, we cannot force customers to allow us to trim their trees. Our arborists fan out. We tell everybody exactly what we're going to do. We'll walk into your yard. We'll show you exactly the branches we're going to trim. We'll describe what trees should be removed and which ones should be trimmed. 99% of our customers on a circuit will allow us to trim a tree. Right. But if you have a couple neighbors that will not allow trees to be trimmed, there's the same place where you're going to continue to cause the outages on the system. Right. And everybody else may say, well, I allowed you to trim the trees. I don't understand why I continue to have power outages. If you have one or two neighbors that are not allowing us to go in, they're causing the outages on our electrical system to happen. Right. So typically we'll come back and we'll work with somebody like yourself and we'll say, hey, address 123 on ABC Street okay. is really struggling right now to let us trim trees. If you know them, maybe you could help. Uh, and sometimes the communities are helpful in getting to the people that live in the communities and allowing us to trim trees. Right. Uh, other people are just ardent that they do not want their trees trimmed. And um, I don't want to say they're okay with power outages because they're not, right. but they don't want us to trim, trim trees. And what happened before when we did, uh, we called it a ground to sky program. Um, we stopped doing that program quite some time right. ago. Uh, we ran into a problem here in Bloomfield Township. It certainly does fix the, uh, the reliability issues, the but it's not, what the, it's not right. what the neighbors wanted. So right. we backed away from that program. Now we still do it on what we call our transmission lines and our sub-transmission lines, because you cannot have any trees right. on those because they will, they will risk the entire system. But we do allow customers to help us with trimming the trees and, and we seek permission from our customers. And I will say the arborist I met was um, very helpful and he did actually exactly what you said. He pointed to each tree, they went ahead and tagged the trees that they were going to and then showed me the branches. Yes. And um, I wasn't very trusting, I'm gonna be honest. I, I trust but verify yes. is actually what I call it. So I made sure I was home that day because they even let me know what day they'd be coming yes. um, because we allow that living on a street where there's no passing zone, you have to allow people to park in your driveway. Uh, so I made sure I was home that day. Um, I was inside, of course, watching very diligently and they did not take anything except what they promised. Um, I even asked them if they could take a few others that weren't in the line that could have, and they wouldn't trim those. So right. for, you'll know that they're just doing what they I'm should. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> um, but it was uh, it was one of your vendors and your arborists that handled it very well. Um, I used those pictures to help. Um, there was somebody that was very scared, and I, thank you for the name. I couldn't remember. It's Ground to Sky. Yes. And she had shown me older pictures of basically a tunnel of emptiness. And I said, that's not at all what today's is. So it, it helped with some, and I think maybe with that messaging, we could get out there of this is what used to happen, this is now, because there is a tunnel of trees that I go through that when you think about, they've all been trimmed. It's kind of like a U that yes. you do. So unless you're looking at it this way, you wouldn't see it. As you're driving down, you just see the canopy. So it didn't destroy what we're used to, but it made it safer where power outages are less. But there are some areas that if you if you do have some lists, because it is consistently two areas 
in the, and it's almost always the same. And I know I'll get these calls and I right. know it's because it's a tree down. So if you do have a list, feel free to share oh, it. Well, I will. <laughs> you know, Danny, Michigan's unique because yeah. we have so many beautiful trees. And when you right. compare our reliability to some other utilities that don't have heavily treated areas, right. you don't see the amount of outages in certain areas. Um, but right. that's what makes Michigan so beautiful is yes. because of the beautiful trees in Bloomfield Township and the other Ann Arbor. This past weekend on Wednesday, when we had the storms, gross points, the gross point area was hit with 70 plus mile an hour winds. And I was down there on Thursday and we had an army of tree trimmers. And when I say an army, we had 300 tree trimmers in that area because there were massive 100, 120 foot trees down everywhere in the area um, because of the straight line winds that came through. And we worked our way through it with the community to get the trees cut up so we could get the power back on. But it's devastating to an electrical system. There were customers that were out for three, four or five days because the damage was so heavy on the system. Um, but I also understand why customers don't want to take those trees down, right? Because it's the beauty right. of the neighborhood that they live in. But you definitely have had a lot of crews out lately, um, especially uh, working near Telegraph, living near Telegraph. Uh, I believe it was on Saturday, or no, it must have been Friday. We saw a tons of um, different trucks from different areas, from Virginia, from other places yes. that were going up to probably house up at um, the old Summit Mall lot. Yes. Um, and I know whenever there has been some some storms coming, you'll even possibly stage. Uh, one resident uh, was wondering why there were so many at Nino Salvaggio's area at Maple and Telegraph, and it's because you're ready to fan out as soon as the storm stops. Yes. Um, and as you pointed out, it may only last 10 minutes, but two weeks ago we had a storm that was only about 10 minutes, and it we had hail. We had 70 mile an hour winds yes. and the damage was quick. Yeah, the hail so. was enormous that day. Yes. Um, we're building a new service center at the old Summit Place Mall right now. Great. So we'll be locating crews there and uh, we're relocating our service center from Waterford over to that location. Oh, uh, we have a much older location. So we we can host more crews. It's a better, uh, I call it a pullout, but it's yes. more centrally located uh, for our crews to get so that they can restore customers faster. And this is something that um, I'm sure my team will be able to put up on screen for us. Um, this is something that you've been updating for us every uh, year or two. And sorry, this is uh, reliability in Bloomfield Township. And um, when they see this, I don't know if there's a way that you can kind of unpack this for them, because some people say, well, where am I? Which one am I in? How would they be able to know what exactly the different colors are? So when they see this, we're going to be putting it out on our mm-hmm. on our e-news. Comes out every Thursday. People get email updates of the township and such. Um, I don't know if you want to use it to work off of, but what exactly are they looking at when they see this? Sure. So if you go to the DTE site, what we show is all the work that's being done on our electrical system okay. so that people can understand at any one point am I having work done? And what's um, interesting is there's always work being done on our electrical system. It it never really ends. So what I tell people is even here in Bloomfield Township, while we may be doing something on the Alpine circuit, um, a year later, we're going to be back doing something else. It's just the dynamic nature of a system that's as large as ours and as you continue to upgrade it. So what this is showing is a series of different things, but we have nine different substations that serve the area, and then there's 40 different circuits. 
So you can see whether it's tree trimming that's happening in an area, pull top maintenance that's happening in different areas, or rebuilding sections. And then it gives you the time when the system was, or when the construction was supposed to start, and then the time when it's supposed to be completed. What I would encourage anybody, though, that looks at this map to say, well, that's great. I see I'm located here and I'm on Losser Road and they must be doing work in my area. It's great. We are. Um, but it doesn't mean we won't be back two years later doing right. additional work because there's different types of work that you do on the electrical system. I always equate it to somebody's home. One year you might have your roof worked on because it's really important that you have to have. And then the next year you may need some um, work on your garage door done. And then the next year inside your home, you may find that you need plumbing done. Well, the electrical system's made up of so many different devices that we're constantly doing different types of maintenance or replacement cycles on it. But this is really designed just to give each of the communities we serve, and in this case, this is Bloomfield Townships, um, clarity that we are working on all of the system because when you have an outage or you have a couple outages, or in 2021, you may have three or four outages in a year, you're saying, well, DTE, you forgot about me. You're not out here working on my system. We have not forgotten about anybody. We know when your power is out. Our crews are trying to get everybody back as quickly as they can. And we're trying to use this as a, I'll call it an easy visualization, Danny, right. so that, that the, your, your customers and our customers know that we're out trying to improve the system. Right. And then you've touched on the fact that um, even if we had the best system here, all you, you updated every single thing in the township, we are all part of this interwoven system. So what are some of the future, um, I know that some of the key terms that DT is talking about is the resi the resiliency. Yes. Um, and I know you've been in Lansing a lot lately talking about the future of DTE and what we can expect. Let's talk a little more of the holistic view of DT in, as a whole. What yeah. can we, where's the future going and what can we expect? Well, there's two major things that we have underway at DTE on the electrical side right now. So the first is what I'll call the clean energy transition. Okay. And the second is reliability and resiliency that we've been talking about. I'll talk about the clean energy transition okay. for, a, for a moment. Last week, the Michigan Public Service Commission approved what we call our integrated resource plan or a clean vision plan. And it's how we'll produce power for our customers over the next 20 years. And in that plan, we announced a a couple really, I use the term cool all the time because I think they were just really cool things. Uh, one is the plan that we filed is $2.5 billion less expensive for our customers than the plan that was approved in 2020. So new technology, there's a series of investment tax credits that the federal government put out under the Inflation Reduction Act. We're trying to grab as many of those credits and as much of those benefits for our customers and, and bring those in over the next 20 years for our customers. So a lot less expensive. Secondly, it lowers our carbon footprint. By 2040, we will have reduced our carbon output by 90%. And we've made a commitment by 2050 to be a net zero carbon producer of electricity. So that's a big step. We were the second utility in the country to make a carbon reduction commitment. So also very cool. We've announced the retirement of the last of our coal-fired power plants. So our Monroe-fired uh, coal our Monroe coal-fired power plant, which is one of the largest in the country, and it is the absolute workhorse of this state of Michigan, uh, we've announced we'll retire that in 2032. So we'll be building a whole series of replacement assets also. We're building a lot of wind, a lot of solar, 
And we're also putting batteries on our electric grid now. So a major transformation that allows us to really continue to enhance our our renewable energy facilities. I have 109 different renewable projects under construction right now, somewhere in the state of Michigan, so that we can produce additional power for our customers. And then the last thing I'll say with this one is, um, it also brings another $110 million to help our low income customers over the next five years with energy efficiency, uh, helping them replace roofs, if they have um, you know, roof repairs that need to be done, but how do we help them use less of our product so that they can become more resilient? So this clean energy transition uh, is really important. Our customers want it. We know they want us to, to, they want power when they need it. They want it to be resilient. They want it to be clean and they want it to be affordable. And that was really the, uh, the mantra as we put this clean vision plan together. So really happy to see that approved last right. week. And you mentioned is two and a half billion less. Does that mean that we won't have any more rate hikes coming? Yeah, well, that's a great, great question. <laughs> I mean, I have to ask because we did just have the rate hike. Was I believe that was based on the original? Was that based on the original expectation of how much you would need to spend? Yeah, well, DTE has has barely moved our rates since okay. 2020. Um, so we have filed for the with Michigan Public Service Commission, and we're currently in a rate case. Okay. But since 2020, we have the, I think it's the lowest increases in the United States right now in terms of the electric rates. Uh, so our rates and bills are really, they're doing really well relative to the United States. But we have increased or asked to increase our rates, and we expect that to finish by the end of the year. The same inflation that you're seeing here at the township and everybody else is seeing, whether it's the cost of gas, it's the cost of wire, it's the cost of equipment or the cost of labor, uh, we're having that translate into our business also. So we are asking the Michigan Public Service Commission to approve an increase in our rates. This $2.5 billion that I talked about will play out over the next 20 years. Okay. Um, Nothing happens immediately on our system. We'll be building things for the next 20 years, but this two and a half billion will be reduced as we go through the, the next 20 years of, of uh, building out the clean energy infrastructure. Right. And is there anything, I know you've had to be in a lot of these kind of interviews, you've been um, up at the Hill. Is there anything that you haven't been able to say that you'd like us to know about DTE? What a tough question. Well, because um, you're used to getting us preparing questions that we want to know yeah. answers to. So I do want to give you a chance to um, either talk on behalf of DT or whatever you need, because this is the this is a chance to tell us something right. that maybe nobody's asked. Well, well, I think I'd start with our customer with our employees. I, I always think starting with our employees, we believe that the the strength of our company at DTE comes from having great employees and investing in great employees. We're fortunate to have 10,000 employees at DTE. They all work really, really hard every day. One of the things that we've seen over the last couple of years that's been pretty unique to all of us is that um, customers have become very confrontational at times with our employees. And I would just encourage everybody that's watching the show to know how hard right. the employees are working. If you have a power outage, there's not a single employee at DTE or any of their family members or relatives that wants somebody to have a power outage. We recognize it's unacceptable and our teams are working uh, around the clock, 365 days a year to improve the electric grid. Um, patience and grace, goes a long ways uh, because the people are already under pressure. And if you're working 16 hours a day, um, trying to get the lights back on, 
um, stopping and yelling at them. Uh, we've had people throw throw things at our employees as oh they goodness. go by, um, just as unacceptable. So yes. I think in terms of employees, know that our employees want to do the very best they can. Right. And then secondly, we're so committed to our communities. Our employees live in the same communities that, right. that we all live in, uh, and they want to be proud, right? What we talk about is proudly wearing your DTE shirt at the at the local grocery mart. I'm, I'm okay if anybody wants to come up and ask me a question, and I want all 10,000 of our employees to be comfortable answering questions that anybody will ask them about a power outage or any other issue that they may have. We've set up very simple ways for our employees to answer questions. So I, I think it's really important for people to understand just how invested DTE is in the communities. We're the single largest investor in the state of Michigan every year. It's not General Motors, it's not Ford. You may see one big high profile project that they do, but DTE invests somewhere between three and $4 billion in the state of Michigan. And not only our 10,000 uh, employees, but we produce about another 25,000 jobs in the state, just with the economic output that we do inside of the state. So we're really proud of the position we have but we know we need to do better on the electric distribution system. And I'm really proud of the way the, the teams are working on that. Well, thank you so much for coming today. I truly appreciate it. Um, we will have this information up there. Um, and again, yes, grace is important. Um, personally, whenever that per people have come to our area, whether it's the arborist or even if it's the line, the people working on the wires, um, they've always been very respectful. So it is sad to hear that people are not, kind to them because they're usually working in the worst conditions right. possible they've de they're dealing with hail rain snow i mean this is not obviously their best moment to have to come out in 3 a.m in the morning and try and fix so um i will also join in on that and ask although i i can't imagine many of the residents here in the township ever throwing things at somebody if there's even a chance that you would even think to do that i implore you not to um, these are people working very hard to get our stuff online, and that is something that I would hope never happens here. If it does, in addition to the names that you're giving me of people for tree trimming, <laughs> I would personally like to know names of those as well because, again, although we might be frustrated with a corporation at a moment, that, and we sometimes forget the humans of that corporation. Right. And um, humanity needs to sometimes do better. No, that's right. So. And I, I appreciate that. And I'll go back to 99.92% of the time, our system operates both perfection. Best in the nation is 99.97. That little bit of a percentage right. is a lot of outages. And that's what we're working on here at DTE. We love right. our customers. We know we can improve the system. And that's what we're trying to do every day. Thank you, Danny. Well, thank you, Trevor. And thank you, everybody, for coming today. Um, again, this is Bloomfield in Focus, and we've had Trevor Lauer, our vice chairman and president of DTE Energy. Thank you so much. Bye.